we don't really know what happened. We don't really know what happened if there was an injury during delivery. Maybe something had happened with mom. Maybe she had slipped on the gravel path in town. Maybe some kids were playing in the street and, and one accidentally knocked, knocked her over. Perhaps she had been run into by a slow passing cart. Perhaps. You know, some things just happen. And we don't know why. And I would imagine when he was small, he would ask why he wasn't able to run and play like the others. It wasn't fair. And as the long years passed, he simply came to a point where he stopped asking why. And he simply resigned himself to the mercy and the charity of others. For him to go anywhere, anywhere, he had to depend on someone other than himself. Mm. I could imagine that with his resignation to his lot in life, there was resentment. The kind of resentment which starts with anger and, and then it turns to a begrudging acceptance and then to a resentment over a period of years. Perhaps a, a huge chip on his shoulder. We don't know specifics. Perhaps he, perhaps he was a man of faith who trusted in Yahweh. Perhaps. But he obviously had some friends or some family because they took him every day to beg outside of the temple in town. That tough place, that awkward place of having to depend on someone else. Dependence on the mercy and charity of someone else. Luke tells us in Acts chapter 3 that this man had been unable to walk from birth. And he's set down every day at the gate of the temple... And the gate is actually named beautiful. In order for the man to beg for charitable gifts from those who were entering the, the temple grounds. And anyone who is coming through this gate would see him. And, and vice versa. And all, all who pass through or pass by know the man. See the man. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon and Peter and John, they're going to the temple for the hour of prayer. Of note, I don't know if you remember what we said last time about prayer, what we saw about prayer at the very end of chapter 2 there in Acts. In the life of a church, teaching and prayer are the bookends to everything else in the life of the church. We can have fellowship, the early church did, we can break bread. The early church did that as well. Good things. Great things. But teaching and prayer are the guardrails around the life of the church. Peter and John. Think about their history. 
They've been comrades a long time. First as fishermen. They become disciples after John introduces Peter to Jesus. And, and together they've prepared, they had prepared the final Passover meal for Jesus. In fact, John probably witnessed Peter deny Jesus after the arrest. But John didn't dismiss Peter. He, he didn't disavow Peter. And if you remember, they ran to Jesus' tomb together. They started off together running to Jesus' tomb after the word of the resurrection. And this crippled beggar sees Peter and John go into the temple grounds, and, and so the man begins to ask for a charitable gift. And Peter, along with John, they look at him intently. Peter says, look at us. Whereas we might ignore the man at the intersection when we come to the stoplight, Peter and John look intently, call the man out, demand eye contact, and the man gives them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And, and Peter says, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, what, what I hold, what I possess, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. Even better than silver or gold, even better. Peter grasps the man by his right hand and he raises him up. And immediately his, his feet and his ankles are strengthened. You know we love movies. <laughs> and I can imagine how this would be depicted on the, on the big screen. You see this hot, glowing, holy energy coursing from Peter over the man's arm, running up his arm over his shoulder, down his torso, down through his hips and his knees, all the way down to his feet, and then back up in front of the man, all the way into his face. His, his eyes widen and glow with the realization that something is different. Or it may simply be like Popeye when he eats his spinach. <laughs> Whatever the case. The man leaps up, and he stands, and he, he begins to walk, and he, he enters the temple with Peter and John. He's walking, and he's leaping, and he's, and he's praising God. I, I can't begin to imagine how he must have felt to, to never know what walking feels like, much less standing. Those long years, those long afternoons, sitting by the window looking out. And now he's, he's leaping up, he's, he's standing up, he's walking. And the man enters the temple with Peter and John. The first place he walks is into the presence of God with the people of God. Mm. If he had not been a believer, if he had been put off by his bitterness over the years, this certainly wasn't the case now. 
our friend is, is leaping and praising God. And, and all the people see him walking and praising, and, and they recognize him as being the very one who used to sit at the beautiful gate to beg for gifts, beg for charity. And they, they are filled with wonder, and there's the word amazement, <laughs> at what has happened. What if you or I knew an individual known in the community by certain physical features or traits, features which impact function of life? And what if, what if you or I, as we observed this individual in the day today, the, the rhythm of life, and we allow him or her to, to become a fixture in the snapshots of our lives, the guy down on the corner, the lady that you always see here. And, and what if this individual suddenly, in the blink of an eye, becomes the exact opposite of what has previously been the person's defining point. This person once blind, perhaps, now sees. Perhaps once deaf, now hears. Once crippled, is now leaping about. (laughs) Would you and I be filled with wonder and amazement? I think I would be. He is clinging to Peter and John. And and all the people, they they run together to them at at Solomon's portico. And they are astonished, completely astonished. Peter sees this. And Peter is on the ball. Peter makes the most of every moment, and Peter begins to preach. Men of Israel, why are you amazed by this? Why are you staring at us as though by our own power and our own godliness we have made him walk? Why are you amazed? Men of Israel, why are you amazed? Do you think it's our own power? Our own godliness? Peter says, The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. The one whom you handed over and disowned in the presence of of Pilate when Pilate had decided to release Jesus. But you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. But put to death the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. And on the basis of faith in His name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through Him, the faith which comes through Jesus, has given this man perfect health in the presence of you all. Men of Israel, you all are people who've been around the temple and the things of God. Why are you amazed? I'll tell you why. The God of our fathers. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that very title should remind you of God and both His faithfulness and His desire to make Himself known among His people. 
God the Father has glorified God the Son. His servant Jesus. Who is Jesus, you ask? Jesus is the hero to the story. Not us. Not our formerly crippled friend. So often I think that we make ourselves the heroes of our own gospel stories and we're not the heroes. Jesus is the hero. You remember Jesus, the one whom you handed over, the one whom you disowned in the presence of Pilate. If you remember, Pilate was going to release Jesus, but you disowned the holy and righteous one. You asked for a murderer to be granted to you. You put to death the Prince of Life. Do you remember? Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Luke tells us in Luke chapter 22 that Jesus is brought to trial before the Sanhedrin. That's the chief priests and the, and the elders. They were jealous of Jesus. And then Pilate, the, the Roman governor, tries Jesus. And then Pilate sends Jesus before Herod Antipas. And Herod sends Jesus back to Pilate. In Luke 23, we, we read that Pilate summons the chief priests, the rulers, and the people. He, he, in essence, has a town hall meeting. And he says, you've brought this man to me on the ground that he is inciting the people to revolt, and after examining him before you, I have found no basis at all in these charges. Nor has Herod. Herod has sent him back to us. And nothing deserving death has been done. Therefore, I'm going to punish Jesus and then release him. Pilate is obligated during this feast of Passover, this season, he's obligated to release one prisoner. The crowd cries out, Away with this man Jesus and release to us Barabbas. Barabbas is one who has been thrown into prison for a revolt and insurrection and murder. Pilate wants to release Jesus. And, and he addresses the crowd again. But they keep on crying out, Crucify! Crucify him! Pilate says to them a third time, What has this man done wrong? They're insistent. And you hear it in their voices. And they get louder and louder. And they demand that Jesus be crucified. And their voices begin, Luke tells us, their voices begin to prevail. So Pilate decides to have their demand carried out. And he releases Barabbas, this this. One for the crowd has, for whom they've asked, and, and he's been thrown into prison for insurrection and, and murder, releases Barabbas, but he, Pilate, hands Jesus over to their will. And this afternoon, there in the temple courtyard, as Peter is addressing these men of Israel, 
he reminds them, you asked for a murderer to be granted to you. You put to death the prince of life. And actually, a more appropriate translation of the word for prince is author. As in the author of a book. Jesus, the author of life, is put to death. But what did God do? (laughs) God raised the author of life from the dead. Amen. God the Father glorified God the Son by raising Him from the dead, a fact to which, Peter says, we are are witnesses on the basis of faith in the name of Jesus, a name carries things with it. Sometimes a name carries weight. Sometimes a name carries dishonor. The name of Jesus carries life. Amen. Life and things like it. It's the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man. This man, Peter says, whom you see and know. You've seen him at this gate for years. And the faith which comes through Jesus... This faith has given this once crippled beggar this perfect health in the presence of you all. Woo! Go, Peter! What has happened? The Lord has visited His people. Mm. The Lord has indeed done a beautiful thing here at this gate called beautiful. A beautiful thing which is even better than what was requested. Even better. And this morning, maybe maybe you need to be reminded of what beautiful things the Lord has done in your life. For instance... We are all crippled. We're all crippled. From birth, we've all had to deal with the crippling disease of sin. And you know what? The Lord has given us a beautiful means to address that sin. Jesus, the beautiful Savior who came to dwell with man, John told us that he was full of grace and truth. Jesus would go to the cross for us. That beautiful, terrible cross to pay for our sin debt. Because debts have to be paid. And regardless of how we might attempt to take care of that debt ourselves, it's what we do. We want to address matters in our own way. On our own terms. Captains of our fate and our destiny. And regardless of how we might attempt to take care of that debt ourselves through through good works, noble and good, or simply being kind in an increasingly unkind culture. Like our friend, the formerly crippled beggar, We have to depend on someone else for our healing. We have to depend on someone else 
for our healing. Only Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the Holy and Righteous One, the author of life, can bring the healing that we all so desperately need. Faith in His name. Faith which comes through Him. Whatever your need might be, Jesus is able to meet you in a manner that is even better.